0: Good evening, folks. It's Tom Bell from the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition. I'm here with Michael Bowling, and we are outside the Anaheim Convention Center at the end of day one of the D23 Expo 2013, and we have some reports for you. Uh, It was a busy day. The, The bottom line is there's too much to do, not enough time. You can't do it all. There were basically 11 presentations between the three of us. We covered... But we're here to talk about them Starting with the big arena show this morning Walt Disney Animation Starring John Lasseter
1: And Bob Iger And this was huge This was over three and a half hours I have to refer to notes because so much went on Um, It was opened by Bob Elg Iger, who welcomed everybody to the D23 Expo. He said that animation will always be the heart of the Walt Disney Company, and he introduced John Lasseter. We all are into John Lasseter's Aloha shirts. He had several wardrobe changes throughout the show. He started out with his Monsters University Aloha shirt. He said that animation has never um, been better at the Walt Disney Studios. One thing I learned that I didn't know is that there are actually three... Um, animation studios at Walt Disney. There's Pixar, there's the Walt Disney Animation Studios that was started by Walt himself, and then there's Disney Toon Studios. Um, And they are all inspired by Walt Disney. They started out first with Pixar and what we have to look forward to. Um, It turns out that with Monsters University, the big breakout star was the slug. That was at the very beginning of the film, trying to get the class, and then, and then at the end, if you stayed for the after the credits, you found out if he got to class or not on the first day.
0: So that's a sequel? Uh,
1: No, it's but he was voiced by Saturday Night Live's Bill Hader, who came out on stage, and they um, did the world premiere of a Monster University short that's called Party Central. It was fantastic, it was hilarious, it was better than Monsters University. Wow. It's going to play before the film The Good Dinosaur this summer, that was the next film they talked about. This film puts out the question, what would have happened if that asteroid that hit the Earth 65 billion years ago actually passed the Earth by? And what's happened is the dinosaurs have become, over the 65 billion years, farmers. For instance, the Triceratops is a bulldozer. And all of these um, dinosaurs farm the land. And our hero of the story, who is Arlo, who's voiced by Lucas Neff of Raising Hope, he is... um, he, he's into bugs, and he discovers a new bug that turns out to be the first human being that they've ever seen. And they go on a grand adventure together. A running joke became that Bill Hader was also a voice in that, and he's Forrest, who's um, Arlo's older brother. And we went on to a film that was announced two years ago but didn't have the title, but now it does. It's called Inside Out, and the director, Pete Doctor was one of the people that came out on stage. This is about Riley, an 11-year-old girl who moves from small town in Minnesota to San Francisco. And, um, we, but we know Riley through all of her emotions. Um, we meet anger, disgust, fear, joy, and sadness. And they guide Riley throughout her life. We met some of the voice actors who came out, and, of course, Bill Hader. Was one of them. He is fear, but what happens is joy, and, joy and um, sadness get. Get in a fight and they leave. They go to another reaches of her mind. And so Riley is now guided by anger, disgust, and fear. And so we see her reacting with her parents through um, those emotions, but we only see her parents reacting from inside their minds through their emotions. And it, it was, again, the clips they showed was hilarious. The mother's emotions, they all dream of the Brazilian pilot that got away anytime the husband talks to her so anyway great film um definitely it was hilarious um they did show they started to talk a little about finding dory that's going to be coming out and um in this case the question is what happened to dory's family um why did they forget them something triggers a homing device in um instincts in dory and she goes off to look for her family, and then um, Marlin and Nemo go off looking for Dory, so we have that to um, look forward to. Bill Hader was not in this film. Oh, the only one, right? The only one. And that became a running joke because he came out dressed as a cucumber to try to beg to be in the film, a sea cucumber. And then he says, I want to be in the fourth film so that I can be Pixar's good luck charm. And then the curtains open and out comes Pixar's good luck charm. And we all know who that is. John John Ratzenberg. Ratzenberg. He's escorted by the Disneyland marching band. And he starts giving him advice as to how you be um, the, uh, the, the the Disney, the um, Pixar you know, good luck charm and that's mainly because you have to be in 14 films and then they showed all of his characters and he says and then of course you don't blow your own horn so then the band starts performing there's confetti, cannons and all that, it was absolutely hilarious, so that was great We moved, they also showed a Halloween sh- um, special that's coming up they showed the first 10 minutes of toy story um, of terror and that's where it takes place in a motel where this uh, the toys get lost on a road trip and it looks excellent so look for that on october 16th we then moved on to disney Toon studio they of course referred to planes john lasseter came out in um a, a slightly different shirt he came out um i'm I can't remember what it was, actually. but I'm sorry. But they talked about the sequel to Planes, which is going to be Planes, Fire, and Rescue. And it's a tribute to firefighters that put their lives on the line for all of us. And it's about when um, Dusty can no longer race. He has a career change, basically. And they had some of the voice actors come out for that. They talked about the two new Tinkerbell films that will be coming out. The most interesting one is A Pirate Fairy And because that's going to bridge the story between Pixie Hollow and the Neverland story that we know with Peter Pan. And we met um, Captain James Hook. And of course, that is Tom Hiddleston, who we all know as Loki Loki, in the Thor film. And his favorite film was... um, Growing up was The Jungle Book And he actually sang The Bare Necessities For everyone in the audience So, that, and so everybody was really um, excited about that And they played um, clips from all of those films Then um, Oh, and w- what he had changed into Was a plain shirt John Lasseter. I had it written down later on. And Planes is going to be the first in a series of transportation films. And then the next thing that they went into was the Walt Disney Animation Studios. And he changed... John Lasseter then changed into a Wreck-It Ralph shirt for that one. And... Um, they did a wonderful tribute to the last animator that was worked with Walt Disney and that's um, Bunny Mattinson and so he's been there for 60 years and there isn't a character that We don't know There's a film that he hasn't worked on That we haven't seen And it was a very, very touching tribute um, That they did to him And he talked about how he got his um, How he first met Walt How he got his job Which was actually a mail carrier um, There And um, it was a really great story The big buzz that was going around was that they had discovered, supposedly, this lost 1928 short, Mickey Mouse Gets a Horse. They finally did show that. Um, It's going to play before the film Frozen. We've been asked not to divulge the secrets of this. Let's just say it is a 1928 short that's done in the same style of of Irix, Walt Disney. I did, uh, did do the voice of Mickey Mouse for this short, but there is a twist in this, and that's all I want to say. I would say, if you're not interested in Frozen, go to the film to see this short. Wow. This is a fantastic piece of artwork. Piece, It's an incredible animation. Um, we did see... Um, the clip from Big Hero 6 and um, its director Don Hall came out it's a fictional, it takes place in a fictional city that's sort of a mashup between um, San Francisco and Tokyo uh, it is based on a Marvel comic book and so, there's, it's about a boy that loses his brother, and so he creates his own superheroes. He has a robot friend, and together they go on um, an adventure. And it's a very heartwarming, um, touching story. Great animation. Interesting how they put together San Francisco and Tokyo into its own city. They then had, um, they talked about the 2016 film um, Zootopia that's coming out. And this is a buddy action film. And they really wanted to go back to the type of film where the animals were closed. You know, like, um, you know, Mr. Toad and Robin Hood and do that kind of a a film. So this is an animal world where there are no humans in a world that animals have created. So for instance um, in one parts of the world the the hotel looks like a giant iceberg cuz that's where the animals that live in cold weather live in the in the the animals that live in a desert the <laughs> we're live folks it's the waffleinator of dr doofenshmirtz is right on the other side of us, um, it, th- it looks like a big giant palm tree is a luxury hotel. So anyway, so that's uh, an, another um, really cool one. But it's a, an adventure about how these animals that are predators live together, and it's mainly a fox and a rabbit, and how they go from being antagonists who work together as colleagues into being best friends. Oh, um, yeah. So that's that's a really nice one there. But the, mo- the breakout character is going to be gazelle, though. Who's like this mega um, Sort of chanteuse lounge singer Looks like Then we got The Frozen Which The animation is stunningly gorgeous. Um, This is a beautiful film. Um, This is based on Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. This is a film Walt Disney himself wanted to make. And they used um, work that the Disney Studios had done decades ago to get started. It's about two sisters, Elsa, who discovers she has a power to create ice and snow that frightens her. And then Anna, who has magic... And is quirky um, but very courageous. She's voiced by Kristen Bell, who did come out on stage. They showed a number of clips um, from that film. Um, Olaf the snowman is um, is was is one of the characters who's actually going to be the host of the holiday overlay for World of Color. And it's a it's a beautiful family oriented film as um, Elsa has an accident that almost kills Anna and so as a result she withdraws and won't have anything to do with Anna and then she creates again through an accident when she discovers these powers to create this ice and snow she actually entombs her, her the realm in a perpetual winter so Anna goes to try to rescue the realm and to reconnect with her sister and meets characters along the way um but Elsa is voiced by Idina Menzel, um, Menzel of Wicked. And so the final huge end of the show was that she sang the, show, the, the main song from Frozen, um, Let It Go. So this was a really incredible, incredible show. I mean, it was like worth the price of admission this presentation. So we have a lot to look forward to from Disney Animation over the next few years.
0: Thank you, Michael. And while that was going on, there were things going on all over the expo, uh, different presentations. Craig's going to join us right now. We're going to talk about a couple of the things that him and I saw. First being a presentation by Dave Smith, uh, archivist emeritus, Yep. talked about Mary Poppins. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Uh, yeah, so basically One of the big
2: themes of this year's expo is Mary Poppins. Um, Part of the archives exhibit that they set up is actually a lot of Mary Poppins stuff. So this was a presentation that we definitely wanted to check out. Uh, So that's why I did. And it was really interesting because, as we all know, Saving Mr. Banks is coming out this December. And it's really hyped up. Tom Hanks is in it. He might be here tomorrow hopefully that would be great uh spoiler alert yeah a exactly <laughs> but you know so they're going to tell the story of how mary poppins actually came to be and how walt disney got the rights to make it and this was kind of the dave Smith version of it so of course it is the true version so it's going to be actually nice that i got to experience this presentation and hear the story and see video clips um, we got to see a lot of interesting stuff like they showed the dailies where uh Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews were right up against um the charcoal screen behind them and doing all of their acting out while the animators were still drawing and so it was just awesome to see how they actually blended the live action and um the animation but you know we just got to see so much stuff that I didn't think I was ever going to see and it was all right there and as Dave Smith nonetheless who Everyone knows Dave Smith if you're a Disney fan. So I think,
0: I, I think one of my f- most favorite parts of that presentation was they had audio clips from P.L. Travers herself giving notes on the script to the to the writers and to Richard Sherman, which oh, yeah. was really cool.
2: Yeah, and she was absolutely feisty. Yes. In the audio clips, like the way you just listened to her, she she really did care about this project. She cared about Mary Poppins, and you know i hope that in the movie saving mr banks they can really that they really got an actor who could i think it's i i can't remember her name offhand emma thompson Thompson, yeah i really hope that she can capture what the real pl travers was because just hearing this audio clip she is she was quite a handful but
1: talk about the relationship pl travers
2: had with walt disney at all slightly they didn't really get too much into it um Yeah, I wish There was a lot of things in that one I wish they could have went a little more in depth It was very just skimming The top of the material But it's because they did have that long development I mean, he says it in the trailer For Saving Mr. Banks That he wanted to make it 20 years Before they even finally sat down And started talking about all the negotiations And how they were going to handle it So there was so much that was happening Behind the scenes that dave smith just couldn't cover everything but it was a really great overview and you know it made me really excited for the movie and i think that was a big part of it and then going in the archives and seeing some of the stuff that they talked about in that presentation it was it was fantastic i only wished that we could have taken video in there so everyone else would have got to see a little glimpse of it but but yeah so that was mary poppins do you have anything else to add about that no no okay so good we are gonna go on to after that i saw the presentation by tony baxter and another fellow imagineer josh shipley it was really entertaining the start of it was supposed to be undiscovered disneyland and apparently they did they've done it in years past at d23 and other other conventions and they try to just look into the past of disneyland and try to bring it out for everyone who never got to see it like that Except this year they kind of twisted it and they made it rediscover Disneyland. And it ended up being kind of a really funny gag reel. It started with Holiday Land, went into the circus area. They just showed all these classic video clips of it and they sat there making fun of it the entire time. They, they knew a lot of this stuff was really kitschy and didn't belong in Disneyland as it is today. But the fact that they could sit there and appreciate it for what it was and have a laugh. And the audience was just constantly laughing. And one of the nice things is we do have video from this one. So we're definitely going to be having clips go up tonight, tomorrow of some of the stuff we got to see. I don't want to give away too much because that's one of the things I learned today being my first D23. It's really an experience being here that you have to come for yourself. We want to share as much of it as we can with you, but at the same time, it's one of those things now that I really understand, you have to do it yourself. You have to be here to see it. But going on further with that presentation, then after that, they, I guess the last time they did it in 2011, they did a recreation of the Westber- Western Expedition, yes. and yes. this year it was actually perfect, being that I'm from Orlando. They did a recreation of Journey into Imagination, the original one with the Dreamfinder and Figment. And they said right up front they didn't have video clips from all of it, just because, you know, it was in the 80s. A lot of it was videotaped, so they never got it on film. But still, nonetheless, they used the little pieces of film that they had, mixed it up with some of the storyboards and sketches that they did, and some of the still pictures, and they had the entire soundtrack. So, they just showed you as it was going on through. And then the highlight was actually, after it was all done, up in the image works. They didn't want to skip over that. Apparently, there was a thing that you could do where it would digitally impose you and your family on this old video that they shot where Joe Rody was the dream finder. And... <laughs> And so they showed a video of Tony Baxter and some other Imagineers whenever they were testing it and doing it, and it was ridiculous. Joe Rody just... It, it, it was funny. It was so funny. And, you know, there was the highlight, too, after that. I, I mean, they were all highlights. But then after all that happened... Whoa. Waffle. Sorry. Yeah, the waffle aider again. But, okay, well... Yeah, excuse the technical delay. They're, they're letting all the air pressure out of the waffleinator, and it's it's very loud. But anyways, after everything happened in that ceremony, then Tom Staggs came out and surprised Tony Baxter by announcing that he was going to be getting his window on Main Street USA in Disneyland, and then it, it was great he looked genuinely surprised i mean of course he was going to get one eventually but the fact that it was there at that time he had no idea it was coming it was it was a great moment to be there and that means he will have two because he already has one in walt disney world yeah and that's very rare no and you know i wish i could have been there and funny enough i didn't win it but they actually picked three people from the audience that got to go well they're gonna get to go and they so they got dark in the entire room and then lights came on three people and there was a girl that was sitting like just diagonal from me that got it and i don't think i've ever been so jealous in my life but it, it was a great presentation it was my favorite one of the day but um i don't even remember what we did after that marty sklar, yeah, marty sklar. wow <laughs> I, I feel like it's all me right now yay um marty sklar Uh, not downhill with marty sklar i saw him whenever he spoke about epcot 30th okay uh i saw a presentation from him i forgot about it and then i realized it as i was sitting waiting for his presentation to start uh the reason he gave his this year was because of his book that uh if you dream it you can do it and It's released on August 13th. If you're at the Expo, then you actually had a chance to get it early and have it signed by him. They did run out of copies, which is horrible because I didn't get mine. But moving on. uh, So he just kind of went through what the book was about. His life, you know, in the Disney company. His time spent with Walt. His time spent after Walt. The fact that he opened up all 11 parks. And... So he just he didn't go into too much details. He didn't talk a lot. Uh, It was kind of the same as when I saw him at Epcot. He really relies on video clips. Granted, he's extremely old. I it's it's good it's great enough that he actually gets out here and still participates in these. And you know the fact that he probably only talked for 15 minutes of the 45 or the hour long presentation. it, It was still wonderful. Some of the clips we got to see. Are ones I've never seen before. Um, and I, I think one of the funniest parts is he remarked how, in a lot of pictures that he had hanging up in his office and stuff with like foreign dignitaries, so he would never be right with them like for instance there was a picture of john f kennedy hanging up in his office and then he just had it because way in the background you can see just half of his head sticking up with his glasses <laughs> on so he he dubbed himself in all these pictures that he's the hidden marty and yeah he he added a lot of little insight like that that i've never heard before but it, it was a great presentation uh, bob gerr was in the audience for that along with some other imagineers so there was a lot of support out there for him he did a little bit of a question and answer session wow question and answer session at the end but overall it was fantastic i mean all three things i saw today each one of them were great and i just can't wait for tomorrow Excellent. but i'll leave it back over to you now since you had the last one of the
0: day Thank you, Craig. Um, speaking of books, I took uh, took in a presentation by Dave Bossert and special guest Roy Patrick Disney, who is the son of Roy E. Disney. And Bossert has a new book coming out about the life of Roy E. Disney, the, the nephew of Walt. And if you were at Destination D last year, you've you got a lot of the same stories. Um, you, I'm not going to retell that. I, I, I want to tell one story that they talked about but amusingly enough it's not about Roy E. Disney, it's about Roy O. Disney and Walt Disney that this uh, Roy Patrick told and it's about the Disney name the Disney logo that somebody was talking to Walt that you know he needed to make sure he provided for his children and so Walt went out and copyrighted the name Disney. Problem is he didn't tell Roy about it so uh, Roy Roy Patrick's set alleges that they didn't talk for three years after that. So three years later, on um, Roy O's birthday, Walt sent him a peace pipe and a nice letter, and they made up. And so they showed a picture of the peace pipe, which and 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 they read the letter, which isn't something. Nor- it's not in the archives. It's not owned by Disney Company. It's owned by. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Roy Patrick and his family. So it's something kind of different that you wouldn't see otherwise. So those are the, the presentations, except for the big finale tonight, which was Broadway and Beyond. Oh, my goodness. It was in uh, Stage 23 Upstairs. How many people fit in there? Two, 2000. 2,000 people in there. It was jam-packed, hosted by Thomas Schumacher, who is the director of the Disney Theatrical. Five of your favorite uh, Disney Broadway stars from Mary Poppins, Tarzan, um, Aida, Lion King, um, The Little Mermaid. And they performed basically every something from every... Broadway show associated with Disney. Going back to Beating the Beast, Lion King, uh, Tarzan, the... Hunt*. Oh, interesting. They performed a song from the German version of Hunchback of Notre Dame, Uh, Mary Poppins, Little Mermaid, Newsies. They performed something from King David, which was not a Broadway show, but was a a Broadway concert. And then closed out with the song from the what they're working on now, which is Aladdin. What were some of the highlights for you, Michael?
1: Oh, gosh. Everything was fantastic. Just everything. I... I... I'm trying to think. I think... Um, I like some of the pieces from Tarzan. Some of those... Uh, the moving pieces between... When Tarzan was leaving. Right. To join Jane in, in the human world. And they, they redid the... Um, You'll Be In My Heart, where it's actually a parting between Tarzan and the mother that raised him in the jungle. So it had a completely different take than when, when we know it from the film, where it's the mother who's adopting Tarzan into, the, um, you know, into her family.
0: And that was Josh Strickland that sang that. He's also the one that sang um, the, the song from Hunchback. And in my opinion, he stole the show. Yes, he was. He was. He was the go-to guy. He even sang a, a princess song and pulled it off. He sang. He sang the <laughs> song from Aida, right? Yeah. About the the, about the, something about clothes. I can't remember. Yeah, about wearing the yeah.
1: fashion, being yes. a fashionista. Yes. Yeah.
0: yes. So well, and he's he sang Flounder too. He sang He, yeah. was, he was singing yeah, Flounder. he
1: sang like an eleven-year-old boy's song. Yeah, it was fantastic.
0: Um. Yeah it was it was wonderful. Alan Menken was in the audience. Richard Sherman was in the audience. And they
1: both wept because they were moved by the performances.
0: Ashley Brown singing Feed the Birds. Yeah, yeah, I mean you can't beat that.
1: Yeah, it it, it was in, it was incredible. Just great.
0: So while all that's going on, we also have the expo floor. You we talked about Imagineering yesterday. There's so much more uh disney consumer products is out there disney interactive they're playing their new disney infinity game they're playing their fantasia evolved game um, disney store is there with merchandise they also have the dream store which is the d23 expo merchandise hat um, i went in there and it's not just the merchandise you also have some of your disney artists in there signing things um uh, dave avanzino who was on the our orlando show is in there robert oshefsky was in there so that that's a, a good place to check out
1: we bought artwork by larry dotson who i know is he does a lot of artwork of disney world but he did sleeping beauty castle out here at disneyland and that's a piece we bought
0: and it must be 9 30 because i hear fireworks so we'll move along um i also am an honorary disney volunteer you can go in there, you get a free bag, you, you put together things for the Boys and Girls Of Clubs of America. It's great to volunteer. A couple minutes of your time is really cool. Um, let's talk about tomorrow. Some of the highlights for tomorrow we're going to bring to you. Oh, uh, <laughs> Disney, the Walt Disney Studios live action presentation is tomorrow. I don't know how we're going to get all this done. Live action presentation tomorrow. That's always the big stars. The Disney Legends Ceremonies tomorrow. Who, who are some of the legends? Do you remember?
1: Glenn Keane, the animator. Um, Steve Jobs
0: is one of them. John Goodman, Billy Crystal, Tony Baxter. Baxter. So uh, Colin Campbell.
1: Yes. And yes. John Goodman. Yes.
0: There you go. Did I say uh, anyway? Did, did uh, we so say Dick Clark? We did not say Dick Clark. Dick Clark. There you go. So a lot of lot of classic Disney and ABC uh, folks are in that ceremony. And the the big finale tomorrow night. I I, Alan Menken, Richard Sherman in concert here at the Anaheim Convention Center. We're gonna
1: Center. get in line for that right after we, we're done. Yeah, when
0: we're, <laughs> we're done here, well, I don't know. One of us is gonna have to save spot for the live action, and the other is gonna be the legends, and the other one's gonna be for the Alan Menken and Richard Sherman concert. If that was not enough, there are presentations about uh, ABC's Once Upon a Time. There's going to be a presentation about the Art of Frozen, the the new one. There's a Star Wars Saga 101 presentation coming to you. And later in the evening, an inside look at the Walt Disney Animation Studios with lots of your favorite animators. There's just so much going on here. We're going to keep bringing it to you. Make sure you subscribe to the live stream. Make sure you... um, Subscribe to the Diz Twitter account, at the Diz. Make sure you s- subscribe to all of us. We're, we're tweeting live from here. We'll be back again with you tomorrow night, 9 p.m. I don't think I missed anything. There's, there was so much going on. This is Tom Bell from the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition. Michael Bowling. we got Craig Williams behind the camera, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Good evening, folks. It's Tom Bell from the Dis Unplugged Disneyland Edition with Michael Bowling. We are outside once again the Anaheim Convention Center for the end of day two of the D23 Expo 2013. Sorry we're late. We were kind of in a concert or something. A couple people were playing piano. Things got wild. Water bottles were thrown. It was just wild. Tom was dancing on tables. I was not dancing on tables (laughs) nor throwing underwear. Uh, We just finished an awesome concert with Alan Menken and Richard Sherman. What was your favorite part, Michael?
1: Oh my gosh, everything. Everything about it. But probably at the end when they sang their duet together. um, They're two world songs. Alan Menken sang um, A Whole New World from Aladdin. And then together, Richard Sherman and Alan Menken sang
0: It's a Small World. And basically Richard Sherman came out first, played basically his whole Disney songbook Then Alan Menken came out, played his whole Disney songbook Then they came back out together And that's kind of, you know, me being the pessimist of the group That's the only thing that I kind of wish they would have done more together
1: I agree, I, I think we had imagined there'd be two pianos on stage Exactly and they would sing together Yes, but exactly That's why the ending was so
0: special when they sang together Exactly. So that was the big finale today. We're going to kind of go backwards today. Uh, so we had the, the big concert. During the day, we had some smaller presentations. I saw a couple of those. One was one of the ABC present. Uh, actually, the only ABC presentation was about Once Upon a Time. We had the creators of Once Upon a Time there with uh, Jeffrey Epstein from D23. And they showed 19 trailer minutes of the new Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And they also showed a trailer. Uh, a Scene from the first episode of the new season of once upon a time It was it was nice they talked a lot about what's going on what they're up. What's upcoming this season and You know the for me. I would have liked to see more of ABC this year at the expo That's the only thing they had this year. I think last year maybe they had one or two, but the first year of the expo in 2009 there was ABC all over the place right, because didn't they premiere Modern Family then? They and premiered had several new shows, right? Right. I think I don't. There was there was a, was it Lost that they premiered something like that? They were they were show they had they had a they had their own conference room. They were they were premiering showing premieres, getting people excited for the fall season. So I I'd, I'd love to see ABC come back and do that. The other the other small presentation I saw was called Voices of Buena Vista Street. And it was really sad because the room was only a third full. It was an early show. It was up up against the art of Frozen. Uh, but it was, in, if you go into Buena Vista Street, just like in Main Street uh, Disneyland, you hear things coming from the windows of all the different shops. And so they had the voice actors that did those come and... Uh, they were on the stage And there's also A radio show That you can only hear If you go into Oswald's huh. And so they recreated All of that And then They came out As the, You know Talked about themselves Talked about their history You know Some of them had Interesting pasts The, the one lady on the stage Not only did she do that But she is also Saying one of the songs For Luigi's Flying Tires Saying the song in Italian For Luigi's Flying Tires One of the gentlemen Is actually the voice Of the Yeti at Expedition Everest.
1: The yeah, Yeti has the voice so that he just
0: screams. Oh well, yeah, he's the growl. <laughs> he's also the voice, uh, the animated voice of the Hulk. So that gives you kind so of idea his of his voice. forte is screaming. Exactly, grunting and screaming. Uh, well, the other one of the other guys, he's the voice of Johnny Five from Short Circus. So that goes way back. Wow. Way back. That was kind of fun. It was, you know, it, it, I I expected a little more, but you got to have some some things to fill in fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So let's back up a little more, and you and Craig got to see the Disney Legends ceremony. We did. And Craig, come on in here. Yeah, and Craig, come on in here while I find my. Here, let, let me that. step out.
1: You go ahead. The Disney Legends ceremony. For those of you who don't know, it's the it's the time that Disney honors their past as well as their future and the people that made Disney special for us. Tom Bergeron was the host, and. What was a surprise is the co-host was Bob Iger this year. And, and what I learned, I didn't know, is Bob Iger started his career as a weatherman. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was stunned by that. Um, they did do a memorial, uh, started out of some of the legends that we ha- had that have passed away since the last legend ceremony that, for D23 in 2011. Of course, including Annette Funicello. Um, there are eight new legends. Um, started out with Tony Baxter. So um, I know you
2: are a big theme park guy, so what did you think of Tony Baxter and his... Well, I actually... I was expecting a little more from Tony Baxter's speech once he got up there. Uh, You know, that's not saying that it was a disappointment. It was an absolutely great speech. He... I was there whenever... um, Wow. Yeah, I guess I was there yesterday when he found out he was getting the window on Main Street and then becoming a legend the next day like he's going through so much this weekend, and so it was kind of cool to see the aftermath of it, but you know, it was just he, he spoke not very long, it was short, it was sweet. Uh, I can't wait to go back and listen more to see what he said, just because after that concert, I basically forgot almost everything that happened today. <laughs> but
1: yeah, I know that he talked about like the secrets to success, and now how when you're twelve years old your experiences get implanted in your head and that's what guides you in your life and for him it was the experience of going to Disneyland and seeing that and that guided him in his life as to wanting to create the attractions that he experiences as that
2: 12-year-old boy yeah and well that just made me remember the big highlight for most of the people in the room and that's whenever figment and the dreamfinder actually popped up to congratulate him along with Darth Vader, which okay. I know he did have a hand in Star Tours, but it was still really kind of random considering that you know, Dreamfinder and Figment, they made sense being there. Mm-hmm. But it was great they were out there. He made the statement that he wants to or that Figment will never leave the park. Right. Or leave Journey into Imagination, at least. Well, that's and what Bob Iger said. That that's what Bob Iger
1: said. Bob Iger said when he talked about the mistake that they made, and yeah. um, when they took out Journey to Imagination, and he said, "You people really care about your
2: attractions,
1: yeah, and that they that Figment will never leave, um,
2: will never leave the park again." Uh, I'm glad I had you here because I would be just screwing this up completely right now. <laughs> no, but yeah. there's a lot to remember. This yeah. was jam packed. Yeah. Everything absolutely. that went on at this. So, who was it after Tony Baxter? It was, was it...
1: Ed Wynn, That's right. And he was a comedian um, and who and the quote that they gave for him was a man who doesn't he said a man, a comedian is a man who doesn't do funny things but does things funny. Um, and and we probably most really remember him as the uh, Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland. He was also the toy maker in Disney's Babes in Toyland. But, of course, um, he was Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. It's celebrating its 50th anniversary next year. Yeah, And he was his granddaughter actually accepted the award on his behalf because Edwin did pass away in 1966. And she was escorted onto stage by Alice in Wonderland and the Mad Hatter.
2: Yeah, and I thought it was a nice touch that he finally got... To become a Disney legend this year, especially with the 50th anniversary of Mary Poppins, it felt like it was just perfect timing. The speech that his granddaughter made is another one, short and sweet, but it just—I I mean, for me, I forgot that he was the voice of the Mad Hatter. Like I—I I knew that he was Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins, but it just—I—I I, I don't know what I was thinking. And as soon as they said it, it's like, oh yeah, that's—that is like the voice that he did and you know, he's just he, he was amazing in his own time and i'm glad that he finally got recognized as a disney yeah. legend
1: and you yeah. can see edwin in the mad hatter they definitely oh absolutely yeah his facial expressions are all edwin oh without
2: a doubt yes yeah. yeah
1: okay so the next one was um colin campbell and he was an animator, and he also designed attractions. Um, he worked on, He was hired by the Disney Studios in 1953. He worked on Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians. And for me, this is special because he designed sets for the original Mickey Mouse Club. In 1961, he um, became an Imagineer and worked on attractions for the World's Fair. He also worked on designs of the Enchanted Tiki Room, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Club 33. And he did a lot of concept art for, uh, for also Disney World and 1920s-themed Main Street for Disneyland Paris and Typhoon Lagoon. And so his son, um, Jim Campbell, was escorted on the stage by Mickey Mouse. And he talked about how... I thought this was funny. Do you remember how he talked about how much he liked wandering around the Disneyland oh, yeah, Hotel? exactly. And looking at all of the concept art that they've hung all around the public areas of the hotel and then where he said his father's artwork is
2: yeah in the bathroom of tangaroa terrace which is the quick service right next to trader Sam's. right so.
1: so so it's in the men's room so if you want to see colin campbell's artwork well just take a leak
2: in Tangaroa Terrace. Oh, I I know I'm actually going to be heading that way, at least by Monday, just so I can see it. Really? You know, that's one of those cool things that we found out that now I have to go see it for myself. Definitely. I know I've been in there, but... Now I have to look for it. Well, and with a lot of his artwork, it was stuff that I immediately recognized once they put it up on the screens, but I really... I didn't pick his name out whenever I heard it. It was someone I wasn't really familiar with, but then getting to put his art next to his name all of a sudden it just clicked so do you
1: think there's a little bitterness in his son's voice
2: about where the art was hanging (laughs) you know what his son had a great sense of humor so I think it was more or less playing off of that I mean I have a very dry sense of humor so I I get exactly where he was coming he may have been bitter but then again I I might be bitter if my artwork was hanging in a bathroom or if my parents were so hey he might have been well unless it was in the restroom of the louvre or
1: something i guess that's
2: a that's a good point but tangaro terrace is great i love the food there i do too do you,
1: i know the next person you were really excited to see oh yeah
2: uh the next one up was john goodman of course um one of the things that we know him most for is that he's been the voice of sully in the pixar movies monsters inc and monsters university and then one of the things you might overlook is the fact that you know Everyone knows him from Roseanne too as well If they grew up in the 90s Or if they were even alive during that point in time But yeah, that was an ABC uh, sitcom mm-hmm. So technically his association with the Disney company Really got a start back then I can't remember if they said he did something prior to that as well Yeah, but he, he's done a number
1: of films for
2: Disney Live action films that, uh, And under
1: different Disney labels like Touchstone mm-hmm. So they That's said his crazy. career has been 25 years at Disney, which I didn't realize. He's also done a number of other voices. He was Pasha in The Emperor's New Groove and its sequel. He was Baloo in the Jungle Book sequel. He was Big Daddy Lebouf in Princess and the Frog. And he was, of course, as you mentioned, James P. Sullivan in both of the Monsters films.
2: Yeah, it, it was really surreal actually seeing him. Um, I, I love Roseanne and John Goodman's kind of... Uh, a role model for me I don't know if he should be my role model considering how he acted on that show but I, I just love him I think he's hilarious he seems like a really sweet guy he seemed very appreciative it looked like he was tearing up it
0: he seemed point very
2: moved yeah, yeah. He, he did and that's kind of the opposite of the next person who was up which was Billy Crystal mm-hmm. and you know Billy's a classic comedian that's that's the most you can say about him you know he's a great guy just heart of gold and he was just hilarious during sure. his entire um induction i guess into the getting his award but i i mean he was he was making jokes about the
1: uh, They have a huge um, replica of the Legends Award. And, I mean, it's enormous. And he pointed at that and he said, I thought that's the one I was getting.
2: This one's kind of small. I I know. It was (laughs) hilarious. And he was even making fun of the Mike Wazowski that was out on the stage to greet him. Uh, I guess we forgot to mention that when John Goodman was out, it was Mm Solly. But then for... Billy Crystal, it was Mike Wazowski out there. And, you know, he just he cracked a bunch of jokes, but he he's he's bigger in person. Have you been hanging with Arod? <laughs> yeah, he he also pushed the line with his jokes too. He didn't he didn't keep it family friendly, but you know, that's it, that's always nice to see, I guess, especially when it comes to a Disney event. People always think it's going to be PG, squeaky clean, and he he was definitely getting a little to the to the edge with yeah. some of his jokes. But and there
1: was a bit of trivia. His mother performed the voice of Minnie
2: Mouse. Uh, yeah, I would have never known that. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, it's one of those little things that I'm glad that we are there but, just to learn that.
1: But he seemed to give one of the most heartfelt thank yous out of yeah. all of the legends. I mean, he was, I mean, he was just totally moved by this honor. Yeah. And 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 how grateful he is to the Disney Company. Or everything that he's that they've done
2: for him. Uh, I mean I can't say it any better than that. It was I I mean, between John Goodman and him, I, I was good at that point, and Tony Baxter before. Mm-hmm. I know that we still had Glenn Keane after that. Oh yeah. And Well, we had Dick Clark. Dick Clark, sorry, I even forgot about that. And we know that, you know,
1: of course we all know him from American Bandstand. Um, The interesting thing is, what a lot of people don't know, is that when American Bandstand started, it was before the Civil Rights Movement, you know, began. And so, Dick Clark was a pioneer. He went against the television codes, and he changed policy and views by showing different races of teens dancing together on television, an American Bandstand in the early 1960s, of course he produced, um, te- you know, not only American Bandstand but television shows, um, awards ceremony, musical variety shows, and um, his um, wife accepted the award on his behalf, and she was escorted by Minnie Mouse in a sort of a 50s um, dance outfit.
2: Yeah, it was. I enjoyed that one as well too. Um I mean I only knew Dick Clark really from Rockin' New Year's Eve, so you know, I've seen other bits and pieces from him from time to time, but it was nice to get that little bit of history, at yeah. least for someone younger like me. So And then we come to Glenn Keane. Yeah. And I think the biggest piece of information that I wish I would have known before is that his father was Bill Keane who did Family Circus and I mean I grew up with Family Circus, reading it Every day, every Sunday, and that just blew my mind, that I never put together that that was his dad.
1: Yeah, and that his father um, based the characters in Family Circus on his own family, so that Glenn is young Billy, and and Glenn's brother actually is continuing this strip. But, um, but Glenn's done the same thing for his characters. So for him, um, Ariel is based on some of the characteristics of his wife, Linda. Um, the surfing Tarzan that we've come to know is based on Glenn Keane's son. Rapunzel is based on his daughter. And he says, that the beast, there's a little bit of the beast in himself he was escorted on stage by Rapunzel but he's done he's been an animator for 38 years he's worked on virtually every Every, animated film and he he was very fortunate that he was able to study under the last of the nine old men that were still with the company in 1974 Eric Larson Frank Thomas Ollie Johnston Ward Kimball Willie Rutherman so he really Rutherman so he really is carried on that tradition.
2: Well, it was Glen Keane who had the interesting story about how he even went to school mm-hmm. for it, right? Am I correct on that? I don't remember.
1: Let's see. One of
2: the people we learned about accidentally became an animator. They wanted to go to school for something. That was
1: Glen yeah. Keane. Yeah, that was Glen yeah. Keane.
2: He went. He didn't want to go to become an animator in school. He just kind of, when he sent in his portfolio, he sent it to the wrong part of CalArts and then they ended up taking him in the animation department and he never he never got out of it so he just stuck with that. So I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Like one of the greatest animators in the past thirty years for Disney and you know had he sent it to another address, he might have never become an animator. <laughs> That's just so cool. And he said that he loves to uh draw characters that believe that
1: the possible is impossible like you know a mermaid that wants to become a human uh that that a beauty could fall in love with a beast and transform his heart and that he says the amazing thing about disney is that the only studio that has the courage to make films that say the impossible is possible and and that's and um the, and he that, that really was the the, the Disney um, legend ceremony yeah and then afterwards um, you know the final thing that Glenn Keane said was just long live Disney
2: animation yeah which sort of summed up no, the, the whole it, everything for us. It did and it was also a perfect segue into the last legend um, which was also kind of the biggest one in a way. And that was Steve Jobs, who, of course, passed away in 2011. Um, But he didn't have a family member there to accept his award. So his very close friend and business partner at one point in time, John Lasseter, actually was there in the audience with us the entire time so he could pick it up. And out of all the things we saw today, between the concert and... The legend ceremony, all the other legends that we learned about, and even the stuff we've seen yesterday, this was the absolute most emotional point of the day, I think, for anyone who was in that room.
1: Oh, John Lasseter immediately started crying. He, um, I mean... When John Lasseter's brother passed away, he said Steve Jobs became his brother. I mean, you could tell just how much Steve Jobs meant to him and how much Steve Jobs really guided John Lasseter's career from when he was just starting out at Lucasfilm yeah.
2: to, uh, to, what, to where he is now with Disney-Pixar. And he openly acknowledges that Pixar wouldn't be what it was without Steve Jobs in and- you know, a simple statement like that really makes you think. All the things that we enjoy about Pixar today really might not have been possible if it wasn't for his contributions and him just throwing money blindly into it, hoping everything would work out, hoping they could make classic animation. So I it was great. And do you have anything else to say well, about that? Well,
1: one of the things that John Lasseter said that Steve Jobs said to him was that Steve said that you know in three to five years a computer becomes a doorstop but John if you do your job right what you create at Pixar will last forever yeah. and I think and that, that's continuing the legacy of what we enjoy so much about what Walt Disney continued oh, is yeah. that what, what Walt Disney started I should say will last forever and that's what we
2: appreciate so much and why we're Disney fans and I feel like that statement's entirely true, and maybe if it was never said, then we wouldn't have all these classic Pixar movies that we have, and they keep churning out all these new ones. Of course, yesterday you got to see all the upcoming ones, but, you know, that statement must have really stuck with him, and he gave it along to the company, because they're doing everything that Steve Jobs wanted them to do, and they're doing it great, so...
1: And, and then Bob Iger did come back on stage afterwards, and he confirmed that there will be another D23 Expo in 2015. So that's good news. It is. For and
2: all of us. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I know I'm going to be back. I, there's no way. I'm hooked on this now. Yep. But, Me too. yeah, one other word on Steve Jobs. If you want to see uh, the John Lasseter speech, all you have to do is go onto our YouTube channel, uh, www.youtube.com slash thediz. We already have the John Lasseter speech about Steve Jobs up there, accepting his award, so if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely go ahead. There's going to be more from the Legend Ceremony as well as... Um As well as the full videos from the concerts that we saw tonight, too. So that'll all be coming as soon as we actually have time to get it up. Craig's done a fantastic job. He's gotten no sleep, just working (laughs) on those videos
1: and editing them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, only one more day left. But Isn't that sad? It's extremely sad. I don't (laughs) want it to end, but at the same time, I do need sleep eventually. (laughs) Sleep and eat. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you want to move on to the big part of the day? Well... It didn't end up being the biggest part of the day Everything for me, big. but it was supposed to be the biggest part Everything of the day, Everything was big today. And this was the opening
1: presentation in the arena, and this was Walt Disney Studios' live-action um, presentation. Yeah. And, boy, there are a lot of good films
2: coming up. <laughs> there are, and the one thing I want to talk about is the dedication of Disney fans to these live-action films. I got out there at about quarter till five and there was already probably 500 other people out waiting in line just for that so i mean they were out by 3 some of them said so you know the disney sees what their fans are doing they're waiting in line just to hear about these movies. So that's why they're delivering all these great things that are coming up that we learned about. And
1: every Disney executive has said how much they appreciate the fans. True, I mean, they've said that over and over again throughout the expo. Yeah, So so, everyone. So we are appreciated as they raise the ticket prices. (laughs) 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 Okay, well, Alan Horn, the chairman of Walt Disney Studios, came out. And again, he acknowledged that in the universe of fans... Disney fans are a special group. The the loyalty to the company is deeply appreciated. Um, Anyway, and he talked about all the acquisitions that have taken place since um, Bob Iger became the the president and the chairman of the studios, uh, of the company. Um, In 2006, they acquired Pixar, 2009 Marvel, and 2012 Lucasfilm. And then they went
2: through each of those divisions one by one. Of course, Lucasfilm... Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, and everyone got pumped as soon as they saw Lucasfilm pop up on the screen, as soon as they saw Star Wars pop up on the screen. And then, of course, if you were following along with everything that's happened today, there was no official announcements on anything from Star Wars Episode 7.
1: Except that it's coming out in 2015.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and there will be some standalone films in the Star Wars universe.
2: Exactly. And they did say that J.J. Abrams is hard at work writing it and getting everything along to direct it. So we'll hear news about it soon according to Disney, but As of today, there is no new news on it.
1: And and I want to see if somewhere in the background of the next Star Wars films, we're going to see the USS Enterprise just sort of go by really fast. Uh, It's going to (laughs) happen. It has to
2: be an Easter egg somewhere in there. absolutely. But, yeah, and, you know, I'm glad that there wasn't a Star Wars uh, announcement just because there were so many other huge things. Oh, yeah. And after Star Wars it went straight into Marvel so right. went from one fanboy straight to another set oh, yeah. But um, Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios was
1: next on stage he talked about how Phase 1 of the Marvel films began in, with Iron Man in 2008 and it ended with the Avengers in 2012 and Phase 2 actually began with Iron Man 3 and is continuing with Thor, the Dark World in um, November of
2: 2013 and we got a real extended look. Oh yeah. At this film, what did you think of it? Uh, I was blown away. Thor is my favorite Marvel film of all of them. I, the Avengers too, is great, too. but Thor just did something for me. Chris Hemsworth just perfect in the role. Natalie Portman, Stellan Skarsgård, like just everyone in that movie makes it so good. The action scenes are well done, and this new Thor, I, I'm at a loss for words. It just it looks ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, in in the first Thor film
1: it was Thor who was the fish out of water as he was forced to live on earth in the in the sequel it 's actually Natalie Portman as Jane Foster who's the fish out of water as she as she now is sent to asgard yeah. and of course as is the tradition here at d23 they have the stars come out mm-hmm. on stage and I think we were really blown away of course oh, it was Tom yeah. Hiddleston who uh, um, was here yesterday for the animation portion. He did not sing this time. He He didn't.
2: And I was disappointed since I didn't get to see it yesterday. But But
1: Natalie Portman...
2: Yeah, Natalie Portman came out. She's as beautiful as she looks on TV and magazines. It was amazing. But then the next person who walked out, I don't think anyone ever expected to see him in a million years. And that's Odin. And that was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, and... He, he didn't say much, but just the fact that he took the time to come out and see all the fans and make a presence, you know, a stand-up move, and it got me even that much more excited yeah. for everything else that was to come.
1: We saw a number of clips um, from the film, and yeah. it, this looks like an awesome film. And I don't use the word awesome a lot. This
2: really looks good. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Loki is going to be back in the next one, and... I I I don't want to give anything away, but he's going to have a nice big role again for all the Tom Hiddleston fans, because apparently there's a ton. I think he had a bigger applause than Uh almost all the other celebrities there. Yeah, Yeah. unless if Chris Hemsworth had been there, I think he would have gotten that would have been the biggest.
1: And he was there for the
2: last um, expo and all that
1: and then now when I was a boy so okay when you did you read comic books when you were a boy
2: I didn't I watched Disney movies
1: oh okay I did that too but when I was a boy you were either a DC comic boy or you were a Marvel comics boy and I was a Marvel comics boy so Thor was my favorite but my other favorite was Captain America Mm -hmm. and that's the other film that we took a look at next that in April of 2014 Captain America the Winter Soldier is coming out and this is a really darker take on captain america yeah we were like.
2: we were lucky enough to see uh, about a five minute clip from it it definitely wasn't what i expected it's completely different from the first one but that's also because it is taking place in our time now whereas in the last one it was mostly back in the 40s and if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about but right. well you could tell the bad guys they were nazis in the modern world it's Captain
1: America's learning. You can't always tell the good guys from the bad guys.
2: Yeah, and we got to see one extended scene of a battle sequence on a ship, and I I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I, I can't wait for it. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Captain America. I, I like it, and, and something about Chris Evans to me, it just, I know he's playing this all-American hero, but... It sometimes it just started to annoy me, but <laughs> I'm excited to see this one actually. Yeah.
1: And several stars from the film came out and I of course I can't read my writing. But Chris Evans of course was there. Yep. Um Anthony
2: It was <laughs> who plays the Falcon. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know how to pronounce his last know, name like McKeel or something. Yeah, it's, it's something
1: like that. So yeah. I couldn't write it down. Yep. And then the winter soldier, Bucky Barnes, who actually we thought died in the first film yeah. is back. And in the first film, he was, he was Captain America's best friend. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently, maybe he's not all he appears in the second film.
2: Yeah, there's a good chance he might not be as good as you would hope that he would be. But, yeah, Sebastian Shaw is returning yep. to play that role, so...
1: The next one from the Marvel Universe is a comic book that actually is a bit obscure. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. And they were four weeks... They're currently four weeks in the shooting. So they showed us a clip that they made when they were
2: two weeks in the shooting. And they think they'll never show this again, this clip. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how much we want to go in depth on it. I thought it looked amazing. It looked hilarious. There's... A superhero raccoon. What? What, yeah. what more could you want? A raccoon, a tree, which was very similar to an ent from Lord of the Rings, yes. but it was like that. And then Chris Pratt, who's starting to become a star through Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be a funny movie. Yeah, this- um, you know, just have a Blue Swedes hooked on a feeling is the soundtrack for the trailer. Mm-hmm. It, it was too good. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And then, and
1: then we only for 2015, we only got a teaser trail trailer for Avengers Age of Ultron yes and they showed us really nothing
2: yeah they didn't <laughs> I mean you saw you saw Iron Man's helmet and you saw a couple characters but nothing action. it's it's not happened until 2015 they're not worried about it right now but it answers the question is Iron Man returning since the last
1: film made it sure. sound iffy so yeah that so so we did learn something from yeah that. exactly good point so and then the next one was Disney Nature. And that the goal for Disney Nature is to bring stories of the natural world to film. And this is in keeping with Walt Disney's tradition of the true life adventures. Walt Disney actually originated the concept of nature documentaries. Yeah. And won several Academy Awards for them. So in Earth Day of 2014, the film Bears will be coming out. This is, shows a year in the life of a bear family.
2: Yeah. I'm excited for it. I've watched all the Disney Nature films so far. They're always good. They always have a nice celebrity to do the narration for it. So And it looks like it's definitely going to be one of the better ones too.
1: And as always, if you go to a Disney Nature film in the first week that it's released, the, the Disney Company always makes a donation to a charity for bears. They will make a donation to the um, national park foundation in order to preserve um national parks throughout our country yep then then came the biggie the walt disney studios and so the president sean bailey came out and the first one was muppets
2: most wanted yeah and this was the one that i was looking forward to the most going into it um I know that the Muppets had a pretty big impact on the D23 convention last uh, two years ago. I was hoping that they would have a pretty big impact this one, but unfortunately they're still filming the movie over in England right now. So we didn't get a glimpse of the Muppets, but we did get to see one of the stars from it, Ty Burrell.
1: Ty Burrell uh, yes. from Modern Family. He drove out in a tiny little Interpol car, that's from the film he plays Jean-Pierre Napoleon he's an Interpol agent who's paired with Uber CIA agent Sam the Eagle and (laughs) Kermit and all of our our Muppet friends they are unwittingly caught up in an international crime caper and because they're still filming they did a satellite feed over to the United Kingdom where it's being filmed and we saw other stars from the show including Miss Piggy yep. and we saw Tia
2: Tina uh, Fey T- Tina Fey Tina Fey and then also Kermit.
1: Right. Yep. And the funny thing is is that Miss Piggy had them all wearing P23 shirts <laughs> because she thought we're all at a Miss Piggy 23 convention. Oh, yeah.
2: it, it, <laughs> it it was great. And and the, and the 23 is because that's her age. Yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, I the clips that I saw from the movie, they looked great. Um, they had an hilarious. extended musical number that oh, looked fantastic. Yeah, it was a little different because it this film's going to be a lot different than the Muppets that came out in 2011. But I, I'm not writing it off. It Ricky Gervais is hilarious. Tina Fey is probably the best female comedian around mm-hmm. right now. It's going to be a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Then came on a sort of seem
1: to get lukewarm
0: reaction yeah.
1: Into the Woods. And this is for, oh, The Muppets are coming out in March 2014. Uh-huh. Into the Woods is coming out during the holiday season 2014. This is based on a Broadway musical that I've seen twice. And what it is, is it takes up where all of the classic fairy tales left off. What what does happily ever after really mean? And and is it really happily ever after? And so, th- there's some big name stars in this, though. Yeah. Um, the witch is played by Meryl Streep. The big bad wolf is Johnny Depp. Um, Anna Kendrick, Chris Pine, and Emily Blunt are also starring in the film.
2: Yeah, it's a star-studded cast. I mean, the one thing... I, I didn't know anything about Into the Woods. I... Today was the first time I heard anything about it. The only thing that made me feel soured over it was Johnny Depp. Um, after The Lone Ranger, he's not doing so hot. I know they're going to get him back for another Pirates eventually. Right. They didn't announce anything about Pirates. No, no, that's at all. there's nothing going on with that as of now. But I, I, just because of the cast in Meryl Streep and Chris Pine, Emily and Anna Kendrick, I'm going to give it a chance once we can actually see more because we didn't get to see any clips at all from it.
1: The Broadway musical's really good, so I, I, I have to think that Disney's
2: going to make it even better. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> Then, it's funny, the next three films, when I first heard about them originally, I was very skeptical mm-hmm. about them, and I came away... Really excited oh, to see absolutely. these next films. The fir- the next one is a live-action version of Cinderella that's going to come out in March 2015. And this is going to be faithful to the original fairy tale. And if you've read the Perot original fairy tale, it's a bit different from the Disney version. But um, So the director, though, is Sir Kenneth Branagh. And we did an early look at the film, at mm-hmm. some of the pre-production of it. Um, we did a sneak Sneak peek, and they said one of the biggest challenges is trying to figure out how to film the glass slipper, yeah exactly. which which is interesting that they are going to keep elements of mm-hmm. the Disney version because those of you who have read the original story know, it was not a glass yeah, slipper exactly in it,, no. and um, again, huge stars in this, um, Lily James as Cinderella, Richard Madden as Prince Charming, um, Kate Blanchard as the wicked stepmother, the only. Misstep for me is the casting of the fairy godmother, and that's Helena Bonham
2: Carter. Yeah. What do you think of that? I, I'm going to give it a shot, but I, I felt the same way as I did with Into the Woods, hearing Johnny Depp. I'm, I love Johnny Depp. I love Helena, Helena Bonham Carter. I'm sick of both of them, though. They're they're <laughs> they're in everything. They're in everything, <laughs> and you know, it's just it's just a complete miscasting. The fairy godmother should be someone older even if it's not the Disney version with a blue cloak and white hair it still needs to be someone who's more mature and Betty White
1: wouldn't she have been a great fairy godmother?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the first thing we said to each other whenever we were discussing it. Betty White, you know, yeah. just get her. She's willing to do anything at this point. She's not dying anytime soon. Just maybe they can recast at the last second. Maybe. So let's hope. And, but they did
1: show a lot of the concept art, a lot yeah. of the set designs. This is going to be opulent. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be with... You know, one of the things that Walt Disney always said, he only wanted to animate things that they couldn't create in real life. Mm -hmm. They're going to create these lavish sets that Walt Disney and his animators drew for Cinderella. So I think this is going to visually be really spectacular. I
2: I see it on the same scale that Oz the Great and Powerful was on, as well as Alice in Wonderland, the the remake, um, with Johnny Depp and all the other ones but no I think it's going to be those kind of environments the same type of art design it's going to look great yeah Yeah. then I think the one all of us have been really
1: anticipating and and that is Maleficent that's coming out in July 2014 this is the untold story of the infamous villain from Sleeping Beauty um Angela Angelina Jolie is Maleficent and what we're going to learn here is what caused her, what drove her to curse Sleeping Beauty. We're going to meet her as a child, as when, when she's a teenage fairy, and how she was betrayed by the yep. king of the human realm. And that ultimately led her to cursing Sleeping yep. Beauty. And And we're going to see all of everything that we saw in Disney's classic Sleeping Beauty yeah. but we're going to see it through the eyes of Maleficent.
2: Yeah, and the one exciting thing that they said is by the end of it they're guessing that we're going to be rooting for Maleficent. Right. Maleficent because- not not the good guys. Maybe so.
1: the three, the three fairies that raised Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Maybe they didn't do such a great job after yeah. all. Um, also, there is going to be the huge battle scene between Prince Philip and the dragon, mm-hmm. but who is Maleficent? But maybe we won't necessarily be rooting for Prince Philip yeah. Prince Philip in this case.
2: I, I mean, I can't just on the grounds that Angelina Jolie was the absolute. Best casting choice they could have ever Didn't made. Didn't she look beautiful as Maleficent? And her voice? Well, not only Everything. that, but oh. she came out on stage and was another one of the biggest celebrities we got to see okay. today. And one of the things I liked about her compared to everyone else who showed up is that she really wanted to talk about her role as Melissa fin- and how much it meant to her to be a part of the Disney movies now. And you know not that she's just doing it for her kids not that she's doing it for herself but because she felt and her sister even pointed it out that she should be maleficent and she agreed totally right. and that's why she wanted to do it
1: right she talked about how when she was little maleficent was her favorite character because yeah. it terrified her and and attracted her at the same time because maleficent was graceful and elegant and evil all at the same time. And that's what she wanted to encompass in her uh-huh. performance. And I remember she talked about when children would visit the set yeah. when, they were, uh, when they were filming. And so she realized, well, I'm playing a Disney character. I should go and greet these children. And then the children would start screaming and crying. Yeah. And one children said, Mommy, make the bad witch stop talking to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, and in the long run, they ended up having to cast her daughter for some scenes, just because they knew she wasn't going to be afraid of her, right? So she,
1: she said she was the only child not crying. Yeah, on and, the set,
2: <laughs> and I, that's a big testament to how much she's actually diving into this character and becoming Melissa Fent. And uh, the clips we saw just took my breath away. Again, lavish, gorgeous yeah. sets, costuming is incredible. Uh, uh,
1: again, in keeping with that, that Disney lush animated. Uh-huh animation that so many people love from sleeping beauty yeah. so the next one had
2: me completely perplexed yeah <laughs> tomorrowland that's coming out in december 2014 yeah. well <laughs> I, I did follow along with the optimist and okay. everything that was happening following up to it that game that everyone was playing well not everyone there was maybe like a hundred people playing it but it was really interesting all leading up to the announcement of Tomorrowland and how there was all these hidden artifacts down under the animation buildings, and they pulled it out and started finding secret clues and you know it was it was Brad Bird and, who will be directing the film along with... Um, Damon Lindelhoff yeah, of, Damon of yeah. Lost Fame. Yeah, and they both came out on stage to kind of explain. And they didn't really just straight out talk about the movie. They're not at that point yet. They're still mm-hmm. going to... They're going through the whole it's, it's a mysterious thing. We don't want to give away too much details yet. So they just brought out a big dusty box with some relics including... Um, like a a record, but actually it had a cartoon on it, and they played that for us, and it was it was just bizarre. But it it was like of this future community
1: of peace, yeah, and and uh, progress that was being built. Exactly,
2: uh, but, but then but it was it secret, also... and we're going to find it. We're
1: going to discover it in twenty years.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh-huh. It's bizarre, but it does have me really intrigued in the fact that George Clooney is going to be the star. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people expected him to show up today. And Brad Bird even, like, he screamed at the audience, hey, George isn't showing up. <laughs> so, you know, that was upsetting, kind of. I, I George Clooney, like him, I'll take him or leave him. But, you know, I, I'll probably see Tomorrowland when it comes out. I need oh, to get I to the booth will. that they finally announced, too. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, there was a booth in the middle of the showroom that was just a giant blue tarp and then they announced that at two o'clock after the presentation that they'd be taking down the tarp so you could actually get in closer and learn more about Tomorrowland. So hopefully we get a chance to do that, that would tomorrow. Be yeah. Like that. And then I think the film we're all excited
1: about that everybody's been waiting for that's coming out this holiday season in twenty thirteen. This is the story behind the story of Mary Poppins, and so they say, and that is um, Saving Mr. Banks. And what I think is exciting is is that we're seeing Walt Disney's personal experience on the screen in time for the 50th anniversary of Mary Poppins next year.
2: And this centers on Walt Disney, who's played by Tom Hanks. And one thing I have to say up front, I know I was kind of hesitant on tom hanks playing walt disney even from the trailers he had that walt disney spirit but i just wasn't sure after we saw the clips that we did i am a hundred and fifty percent sold on him yeah it's he's he's perfect as walt disney
1: and and then also um pl travers who is the author of mary poppins is played by emma thompson she was brilliant oh oh the little facial tics and nuances and everything that she had her utter disgust for clearly what she sees is just the banality of of walt disney and animation silly little cartoons and and disneyland and just how bourgeois it is oh my gosh she just captured it in
2: just the facial expressions And um, it it was just brilliant. Well, I feel stupid for yesterday saying that Emma Thompson. I hope she can pull it off. She she did. Yeah, it's. And
1: and this is set in 1961 Mm -hmm. when P.L. Travers was reluctantly considering giving the screen rights to Walt Disney for her um, book, the her Mary Poppins books, and he had been pursuing it for 20 years. Yeah. And so we did see a, a, a wonderful clip of. Of P.L. Travers on her first day on the lot, yeah. where she meets the Sherman brothers, she meets Don DeGrady, who is a, was a writer and producer um, for the studio at the time, and then ultimately Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And um, th- and there, there was one thing I that is. Historically inaccurate There's actually a number of things That are historically inaccurate In this film But one is When Walt is giving her um, He's he's serving her tea And he says What would you like in it And she's giving him instructions As how to pour tea And she says Oh and a spoonful of sugar And the whole audience You could hear her go Oh That is (laughs) not How they got the idea For the song Okay so just remember that When you see the film And um, And then of course Then there's There's the We saw a clip from the scene of when Walt Disney took P.L. Travers to Disneyland. Uh-huh. He did not do that in real life, I'm sorry to tell you. But what was exciting was seeing Disneyland redressed for the 1960s. Yeah. It was as authentic as they could possibly, possibly get it. With And I remember... Yes, I remember Disneyland in the nineteen sixties. They had where when you walked in right in front of the Main Street station, they did have the attraction posters. They really did. They really did. Oh. Have the attraction posters on the fence. Yeah. Right near the Mickey Floral um, you know, um, design. Yeah. And but seeing everybody how how people used to dress up. Just to go casually out, and then you see how we dress today. Um, it was just, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it was a scene of him taking her on on the carousel. Again, another historical inaccuracy. Jingles was not named until a few years ago on the carousel. Yeah. But still, um, just seeing how he coerces P.L. Yeah, Travers oh. to get on the carousel it was hilarious. Yeah. It's- um, I mean, you see part of that in the
2: trailer already, mm-hmm. but it's even better when you can see the full extended clips. Yeah. So
1: and then, But they did bring out a couple of actors from the film. Mm-hmm. Did you want to...
2: Yeah, actually, they brought out B.J. Novak, who really, his claim to fame is from The Office. He plays Ryan Howard in The Office. And then they also uh, brought out Jason Schwartzman. And Jason is playing... Richard um, Sherman. He's playing Richard Sherman. And then B.J. is playing... Robert Sherman. Robert Sherman. <laughs> Thanks for letting me finish. But, I'm sorry. no, they uh, so they came out and they were representing the cast. I know yesterday we hinted that we thought Tom Hanks was gonna show up. He was another no show. But I-, I don't wanna talk about too much about what they said, but we should mention that yesterday Adina Menzel did have the big show stopping number and BJ Novak and Jason Schwartzman actually had their own. At the end of this. And you want to talk about that? Sure. They um, they, they came
1: out with a piano to sing Let's Go Fly a Kite, but they sang it with Richard Sherman.
2: Yeah. And, you know, they started off and then Richard Sherman came out. And I think everyone already expected it. They knew Richard Sherman's here. He had to be. He's playing a concert tonight. But he came out and then all of a sudden they had all the Disney entertainment people dressed up as either... Um, The chimney sweeps or just in the period of tires, swinging around, kites, and it it was a lot of fun, and, you know, I didn't get to see the finale yesterday, but I felt like this was the perfect way to end it today. It got me excited for Saving Mr. Banks and all the Disney movies that are coming out in this next year and two.
1: Yeah, so So now when we were in line at 5 a.m. this morning, you said you hoped that uh, you were going to see a lot of stars today, so did your did
2: your hopes oh, get realized? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, Angelina Jolie, Natalie Portman, just right there. That's That was all I needed. And then the Disney Legends again, I got to see Billy Crystal, John Goodman, like I wanted to. And actually, I think, I'm, I might be wrong not thinking correctly, but Alan Menken might have been my favorite part. Like, just... I, I didn't realize. I knew he did all the songs that he did, but just hearing him sing, it it was breathtaking. Yeah.
1: yeah. I agree. I agree. It was
2: a spectacular day today. A great day for Disney fans. It was, absolutely. But I'm going to step back behind the camera. Tom, do you want to finish things off here?
0: Yeah, let's talk about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, step this way. Tomorrow in the arena, only one thing in the arena, Disney Interactive is showing off their new video games, including Disney Infinity. Fibrosa and tomorrow as if I, I hate to say this tomorrow is the big day for parks fans not as if we haven't had a lot of parks things going on tomorrow Imagineering is celebrating their 60th we have one two three four five different presentations about Imagineering working with Walt the DNA of innovation craft of creativity leaving leading a legacy and leave them laughing Going to be great presentations. Uh, we're going to have to split those up. I don't know how we're going to get to all of them. Counter programming tomorrow is a couple of presentations about lost music, where you know things that were missing from movies and things like that. Uh, a presentation on the women of Pixar, uh, Disney ambassadors, and a presentation about the Disneyland hotel history and. A screening of ESPN Their new film The 99ers About the Women's World Cup team from 1999 All that is tomorrow I want to give you a little preview Uh, Last night we talked about The um, Roy E. Disney presentation I have a copy of the book uh, Remembering Roy E. Disney By Dave Bossert With the foreword by Roy Patrick Disney I have it autographed By both of them that's fine and this will be going in a upcoming give kids a world fundraiser so you can win that and it's fine don't worry about it we're live <laughs> <laughs> so come back tomorrow 9 p.m hopefully now we should be here there's nothing late tomorrow 9 p.m pacific we'll be here to tell you all about the happenings tomorrow that are going on on day three of the expo. Be sure to subscribe to our you know follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash the diz. Follow us on live stream. Subscribe on live livestream thediz Follow us on Twitter personally. We'll have updates throughout the day. I'm Tom, this is Michael. We got Craig behind the camera. Thanks for watching. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Good evening, folks. It's Tom Bell from the Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition along with Michael Bowling, And we are outside a deserted Anaheim Convention Center at the end of Day 3 of D23 Expo 2013. What a day it was. What an expo it was, actually. Today was a big celebration by Imagineering of their 60th anniversary. They had five different presentations. We made it to four out of five, I think. Not bad. A lot of of other presentations going on. Uh, I can tell you about a couple of those. Let's start with Imagineering, open the day with Working with Walt, hosted by Marty Sklar and some Disney legends on the panel, Existencio, Alice Davis, and Bob Gurr in attendance. A lot of the same stories uh, Disney fans have already heard. One of the fun ones Bob Gurr told about um, confirming one of the clips from, that was shown for Saving Mr. Banks where Walt would walk down the hallway and cough in the hallway, thereby warning the Imagineers or, or the animators that he was on his way and to give them a chance to straighten up their desk or straighten up whatever they were doing. Alice Davis, of course, had to disagree with him. And she, had, she was around when they were working on Bambi. And when Bambi was being worked on and Walt would come in the room... The key word was "man is in the forest," and man was in the forest. Man, is, it would travel around across the room until everybody knew that Walt was heading down the hallway. Kind of fun, fun stories from Disney legends. Disney legends love to talk, love to talk about working with Walt, working, you know, and and just the history and and their experiences. You, it was it was a great presentation. I heard
1: Exitentio sang a little
0: song. He sang "Yoho," yes, he did. That must have been great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it. It must have been wonderful to hear it. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, so, there was one we didn't see, but the next one we did see, uh, actually Michael saw was called Craft of Creativity. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about that one.
1: This ha- this was chock full of Imagineers. Chris Morton, Tom Fitzgerald, Eric Jacobson, Daniel Jew, Joe Lanzaro, Kathy Magnum, Joe Rohde. And they talked about... The path they took to get to Imagineering, there is no clear path. Is basically the the storyline. They all had very different and varied backgrounds. Um, you know, as they said, you don't go to Imagineering school. You, ha- they said, you have to have talent, you have to have passion, and you have to, t- and a certain amount of luck and a certain amount of circumstances that open doors. Um, but they said you just have to stick to what your passion and talents are, and don't say no to any opportunity. Um, Joe Rohde said you have to be the kind of person who wants to share um, the job isn't telling people what to do and a lot of people go in imagineering thinking that everybody has to listen to me now um, it's a lot of generous sharing of knowledge and a, and a generous sharing of power um, th- there's a lot of philosophical questions that you have to ask yourself too for instance Joe was saying that when you um, like when he started the project of Alani, they talked about You had to ask first, why are we even going there? Why do people go there? What is it about, what makes Hawaii, Hawaii? And it turns out that it's the Hawaiians that make it that way. So what is going to make this resort true to Hawaiians? And what do we know? What do we know about making resorts enchanting and livable? And then using what we know at Disney and what the Hawaiians know means that this resort isn't going to look like any other resort. And what can we do with the Hawaiian stories? to incorporate them into this resort. And these are the questions that Imagineers have to ask themselves of every single project. What's their asking of Shanghai um, right now as they build that? So it was a really it was really interesting to hear about their varied backgrounds, all their different talents that led them to um, Imagineering. One of the questions, because they had a Q&A, was the very first one was, will the Yeti be fixed? And Joe Rohde said, it's a complicated piece of machinery standing on the 40-foot tower inside a finished building. But he said that we're working on it, and he made the promise, I will fix the Yeti someday, I swear. So we all have something to look forward to. And Kathy Magnum sort of summed up the whole reason that they work at Imagineering. She said, there's nothing like seeing guests experiencing something you've worked on for five years and seeing
0: the joy on their faces. Nice. Nice. Uh, one of the next uh, presentation we went to was called "Leading a Legacy." This was with former head of Imagineering Marty Sklar and current head of Imagineering Bruce Vaughn. Did you get to that one? I did. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. You know, it was the. To me, this was one of the most relaxed ones. They were just the two of them sitting up there talking, sharing stories. Sure. Marty, of course, sharing stories about Walt. Right, and Bruce sharing stories about. Working with Marty, almost yeah, yeah. The 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 one one phrase that the one quote that I took away from it was, what we did yet was was something Walt well said. What we did yesterday, is never going to be good enough again.
1: Exactly. They always had to stretch themselves. Walt always made his people stretch themselves and learn something more. Uh, the good example of that was when he asked John Hench to build the Plaza Inn right. in Disneyland, and John said. I don't know anything about restaurants. And Walt said, well, don't look at me. I don't know anything. You go out and learn. So John went to UCLA and took a restaurant course, a restaurant management course. And then he designed the Plaza Inn and he became the go-to person for all the restaurants built at Disney. He knew exactly what the chefs needed, what wasn't in the right place, what was missing, uh, because Walt expected his people to stretch and grow with each
0: project. Right. So this was basically about the management of Imagineering And it was really kind of cool um, The final Imagineering Session today was Leave them laughing And I hear that one was kind of fun It was fun but for me I think it was the least I don't know fulfilling of all of them Okay,
1: Because it said learn about What, what we do to put humor into the attractions. And I thought it meant that this is the process we go through. This is what we do at the concept stage, the story writing stage. And what it really was, and it was still very entertaining, but what it really was was these are the gags and the jokes and and the things that we've already put into the parks. Okay. And so it so it was a lot of fun, but and they did go through a lot of examples of the words of the gags, what they've put into music. They talked about a lot of personal stories. Uh, um they they talked about also how not all of the gags and jokes translated once they started building international parks for instance the jungle cruise the jokes did not translate right. especially in mandarin they said there's one joke that translated no matter what park they went to and that was the one where you can always leave your mother-in-law behind nice on the cruise um they they you know they, the funny thing is is that they went through the different eras of Imagineering. But when they got to the Michael Eisner era, they... Um, would you say they were not as I, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They were a bit derisive about the Michael Eisner era. And it was more... That era was more based on celebrities. He brought the concept of celebrities in. They had a really funny story uh, where they... Um, for when they were throwing the concept of it's tough to be a bug and they were presenting it to Michael Eisner and some of the gags. They they had one where flick was you might remember the dating game. Flick, it was, this was going to be the mating game. And, and Flick was going to be asking questions of three deadly insects, like a praying mantis, a black widow, things like that. So they were all excited about this. So they had Flick asking his first question of the black widow. We've just had our first romantic date. Um, what do you do now? And she said, I'll bite off your head and suck out your guts. And Michael Eisner said, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. And they all thought, they thought he was going to say something about the response to the question, and he said, no ant would ever date a spider. And they said he was always just a little off. They never knew what was going to grab his attention. Nice. So, overall, it it was a funny bit. It it wasn't what I expected. But um, I I know that that Craig recorded it. And so, uh, you'll enjoy it. They had a great story about how some of the songs were created for Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. Those are fun. It was was a lot of fun. Very
0: nice. Okay. Um, So, like... Michael said a lot of we have a lot of video that's gonna go up in the next couple of days. Uh, watch for uh it's slash the Diz, YouTube slash the Diz. That's all gonna go up very soon. One other presentation today that I went to was the presentation from Disney Interactive, which I thought was just the video games, but they do a lot of other things. They do apps, but they also handle Disney.com. They've got a couple new things coming on Disney.com, some short web web, -web direct-to-web little mini-serieses series that's not a word anyway (laughs) it is now uh, now. Uh, it's on the (laughs) internet it's forever um one's called blank a vinylmation love story it's about a it's it's a stop-motion little Mm -hmm. series of videos about a vinylmation who didn't get painted so it's really cool it's a little adventure with Two little vinyl that didn't get painted, and this has really good production quality. It is it, it, really it was very, uh, They we showed they showed us a lot of like the first episode, and it's really really cool. The other one that's coming a little later is it's a small world, the animated series, and announced today featuring music, new music by Richard M Sherman.
1: That'll be cool.
0: Yes, very cool. He nice. and they showed one a rehearsal of one of the songs he was he was playing like the like the the, the theme to it, which that is man really never cool. Never retires. No. <laughs> uh, the other things that were announced they were the other things they talked about was the Disney animation app for your iPad that just came out um, which is is amazing it's it's like your your coffee table books of animation like an animated movie except all 50 whatever animated films that have been out you can scroll through all the different films see scene by scene see uh, you know storyboards anything like that and it's fairly inexpensive like 12 or 13 dollars so check that out in your itunes store i just didn't add um the other one that's coming out later is called fantasia music evolved it's by the people that did rock band and it's it's your classical music your rock music set in the world of fantasia so and that's going to be for xbox uh with connect xbox 360 with connect and then, of course, the big news, Disney Infinity that's being released on the 18th. They showed some previews of that, uh, announced a few new worlds that are coming, uh, Toy Story world that's coming, actually, this Toy Story, the alien planet from Toy Story, which is kind of cool. Uh, some new figures coming, uh, Elsa and Anna from Frozen, and, of course, Sorcerer Mickey, which is n- coming, but not until the first of the year. However, if you were in attendance of that... You received one, so watch for those on eBay. I'm sure. Watch for those on eBay. I'm sure. Yes, uh, (laughs) first five thousand. I think that was that. That's everything we went to today. We are going to talk again along with Craig uh, sometime this week, and that that show will go up on Thursday, on www.disunplug.com. What? Click on the green Disneyland Edition button. That'll be our podcast. We can you can hear our our final thoughts, our recap, our opinions, maybe some yeah, you know, um, more more opinions that mm-hmm. we would share here. Sort of our final thoughts. Final thoughts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> after, after a good night's sleep, yeah. we appreciate you watching these last three or four days. Uh, it was awesome here at the anaheim convention center thanks again for watching from michael i'm tom we have craig behind the camera we appreciate you good night
1: here in 2015 definitely good night (laughs)